Welcome back. And as you can see, a very, very good friend of both the special guest and myself, Eileen Kent, has nicknamed me the godfather of GSA. Why? Because I refuse to go away. Okay? Not okay. I don't care. I mean, we're live. We are going to make mistakes. I hope not. But if we do, sometimes I do them on purpose. And of course, if I would remembered to clean my glasses, I would have done that because I can't see squat. And I can't put my contacts in because of my shoulder surgery. But that's getting better for anybody that cares. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move to the agenda. And I have to make that uh, on my stream deck. And we have the agenda. We will have our guest interview. I don't know how long that Mark and I will talk, but we're going to probably reminisce because we haven't talked to each other in 20 years. That will give you an idea how old we both are. So let's move on from there. And here it is, without further ado, the godfather of government contracting. Mark, what's happening? You ain't got any snow up there yet? Uh, no snow yet, just cold as heck. Yeah, it was, uh, let me see what it is here, just for grins. You don't want to know. Yeah, it's 37 here. You're right, I don't want to know. Double it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Double it. And basically, what what I have to say about that is... You can't handle the truth. There you have it. I said it. Anybody knows who that is, please leave a comment for us. And uh, we'll see what's going on here. But anyway, Mark, tell me a little bit about what what we hope to accomplish today. I read through the bio. I read through the website. I read through everything. And quite honestly... It took me an hour to get through everything, and I thought I had a lot of stuff. You make me look like an amateur. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> we've both been at this a long time, Michael. Uh, I write every day, so a lot of what I do is is out there publicly. I write for uh, Wash Tech. I write for Bloomberg. I write for GovCon Wire. I write books. I write posts on LinkedIn. Uh, and it, that part just doesn't stop. And I, I also have the radio show slash podcast on the Federal News Network going into year 16 or 17. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, but, you know, what we're going to talk about today largely <clears throat> is how small businesses need to adapt to the current environment and how they can leverage LinkedIn more fully and why they should. Uh, I just wrapped up my 2023 census of feds on LinkedIn, and uh, I came up with 2.72 million feds. Every single federal department agency is listed in, this, uh, in the census. I've identified 556 company pages for all of those department agencies, operating divisions, and in some instances, even offices have their own company pages. So finding who you need to reach is eminently doable, and most companies, especially smaller ones, aren't leveraging this very well. So I want to I want to take a kind of a deep dive into that. I've got uh, interesting. I actually because I've focused only on GSA for the last thirty six and a half years. You've been around a year longer, and yes, and ladies and gentlemen, he is a year older. 
but he's much better looking. And uh, I remember him when he didn't look this way. So Yeah, 50 pounds ago. <laughs> well, you, I think you even beat me on the, uh, on the high. You were at, uh, what, 274? Yep. I got only up to 272. Only, yeah. yeah. It felt so good, too, until my heart started pounding out of my chest, and I said, okay, you got two choices, keep eating or stop eating altogether forever. But I tell people all the time, because I used to live with a bodybuilder many years ago, eat healthy, exercise, die anyway. So what the heck? So I subscribe to the 16-8 diet. But LinkedIn has always really absolutely mesmerized me because there's so many different places to go. I have a lot of GSA contracting officers, specialists, and everybody else that you know I've connected with on LinkedIn and even Facebook. Uh, but LinkedIn is, from what I understand, and I believe what you're saying because you're the expert, is the golden grail to government marketing. Now they need to learn how to approach, how to engage, and what they can expect. So. I'll let you uh, let you continue. Well, I mean, you know, we can jump into the presentation or we can just chat for a few minutes on this. But, you know, LinkedIn has been around longer than Facebook by a little better than a year. It didn't really get traction until late 29, 2010, when GSA struck an agreement with the major social networking platforms on exactly how those platforms could use federal employee data. After they struck the deal, I started doing a census of feds on LinkedIn. Initially, it was every other year. Now it's every year. Um, and the, the numbers have grown appreciably over the years. And the act, you know, people say, yeah, but they're, they're here, but are they active? Well, you know, they're as active as contractors. So not all contractors are active. Not all feds are active. But I have, uh, I have about 11,000 connections on LinkedIn, and 500 or so of those are feds. And very rarely do I reach out to connect with them. They're reaching out to connect to me. Of so, course. You're the authority. Well, yeah, but I'm a marketing guy. You know, what do they need me for? Uh, yes, I have some visibility, and, and I, I love the fact that they reach out. But you know, they do connect, they do engage. Not everybody, but, you know, the the audience you need to reach, the audience you need to influence, the audience you need in your network is there on LinkedIn. All you got to do is look. Interesting. Well, I'll take your advice and let's kick it over to the presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Amtower. Michael, thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, so we're going to talk about some tactics to win here. And uh, uh, where's my deck? There's my deck. Did I just change slides on you? Looking good. I had, to un I had to unmute first. Looks perfect. Okay. Okay, good. So the topics. Uh, I want to talk about the role of leadership program managers and project managers in the sales and BD process. We're going to talk about some new trends and tactics in GovCon BD. Then we'll take the deep dive into uh, LinkedIn's role in the GovCon ecosystem. So but, you know, the bottom line, since, you know, since day one, back in, you know, George Washington, whoever, this market, any market is about relationships. 
That's the first line from my first book that came out 17 years ago. Um, the role of leadership and, you know, PMs and, and uh, others in the BD process, you know, your, your company culture and employee retention matter, not only to the company, but it matters to the, the people that you're working with. When a contracting officer or program manager inside the government sees a steady churn in the contractor uh, company, that makes them very uncomfortable. So your company culture is important. Visibility matters from the CEO on down. Are you visible out there? Are you at events? Are you on LinkedIn? Um, if, if, the if the executives are not actively supporting the sales and BD process, when a BD person needs an exec at a sales meeting or, or a business development meeting, you know, you got to be there. So, uh, and internally, formally, informally sharing leads and ideas, being involved in associations, and getting out there and speaking at these events is absolutely key. So the more active senior management is in this process, the more likely you are to win more business. So one of my favorites is, and this is not a client, so I'm not sucking up to anybody. Naveen Krishnamurthy runs a company called Riva Solutions. Uh, and these guys friggin' rock, top to bottom. So uh, he's got this this is his about section on LinkedIn. So let's go back up a sec. Notice headshot, smiling man. Background uh, is is the company in front of the Capitol. Um, you know, so it, it immediately grabs your attention. The about section is a bio of this guy. And then he goes into look at this list of speaking engagements and awards. You know, it just goes on and on and on. That is friggin' cool. So when Naveen posts, and he does this pretty regularly, it goes out to a potential 11,757 followers. I say potential because it doesn't go out to everybody. It depends on how LinkedIn's algorithm is treating you. His activity is constant, you know, him smoking a cigar, uh, Michael, you can appreciate that, with with a friend <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, at another event. You know, he's, he's pushing his people's uh, pictures uh, out there. A lot of articles on LinkedIn uh, about the company. And notice the top left one, how to become a culture-driven company. That's what you want. Uh, you want if if you're a culture driven company, your employees are talking about your company, about you, twenty four seven. Wherever any where wherever it's germane, they will bring you up. Posts again. Naveen is out there posting constantly. You don't have to be quite as active as Naveen, but if you're inactive, if you're inert on LinkedIn, that's going to speak volumes about your. Uh, company as well. So the company page on LinkedIn is also very active. And so he's, he's created a culture of mutual support and collaboration. He gets involved with customers, partners. His staff knows that if they ask for help, they'll get it. 
He's involved without micromanaging. So he he's a progressive guy. He will help you when you want it. He will not step in unless you ask. Okay. And and I've known him for several years now. This guy is always upbeat. Uh the employee retention, you can go to their company profile, click on employees, and just run through it. See how long these people have been there. If the employee retention is down, it's only because they're hiring new people. So he's constantly congratulating employees for Milestone. He's doing that on LinkedIn right out there in, in public. And I know a lot of his employees, and these are happy campers. So... How do you rank? How does your company rank in company culture employee retention? How visible are you? Are you actively involved both in your company and in the community? Are you supporting the sales and BD process? Are you formally and informally sharing leads with your staff? Are they sharing them with you? Do you know these people? Are you involved in the right associations? Are you getting out there and speaking? So, Enough about the company culture and my my buddy, Naveen, uh, whom I love. He's just a wonderful guy. Uh, And I'm I'm a little pissed at myself because I missed his last event. (sighs) What can you do? Uh, So a couple of new trends uh, and tactics in in GovCon BD. Uh, So business development, especially during COVID, has morphed. Uh, for smaller companies, BD often involves capture and sales anyway. So when you're a company with fewer resources, you have to wear multiple hats. Everybody does. Uh, early pursuit of contracts is growing. Um, and we'll get into early uh, in a little bit of detail in a few minutes. Account-based Marketing, agency-based marketing is is really going on steroids. The most successful companies focus on a couple of key accounts and grow them. And just to show that everything old is new again, white white papers and case studies have not gone away. They're still quite important in this market. (coughs) Pardon. COVID drove everyone to uh, LinkedIn and to Zoom and those online platforms where you could meet teams, uh, whatever. Um, but there's there's a ton of, uh, I think, relatively new and some older uh, contract sources for BD. FPDS has always been there. Bloomberg has been there for quite some time. GovWin is the granddaddy of these. The Pulse of GovCon, uh, Amber uh, Hart and Lisa Shea Munt, uh, they do a wonderful job. Blue Ridge uh, does a deep dive series into particular agencies that, that are really, really good. FedMind, Fed Com- Federal Compass, there's, there's a lot. So there's a lot of potential information sources, but you've got to leverage it in order to grow. But my question to you is, how do you define the BD position? How do you define the duties and what are the expected results? And are you being realistic in this? So 
Prior to COVID, BD had the reputation of lots of breakfast, lunch, uh, lots of events, classic networking. So you'd fork out a quarter million dollars and a credit card to somebody who disappeared for weeks at a time. That was the reputation. Wasn't the reality, but that was the reputation. During COVID, that activity went away, driving BD and sales to LinkedIn and online meetings and webinars. So a lot of venues were created for various job functions, uh, particularly business development and marketing. And with the diminishing effects of the pandemic, apparently, we'll see, we now have a hybrid situation. So events are back, but most of the events seem to have that virtual component as well. What you're missing with the virtual component is the actual networking. Remember, this is a relationship-driven market. You can develop relationships on LinkedIn. I have a lot of friends that I've never met physically, but we meet regularly on LinkedIn uh, or on Zoom. So you can develop relationships that way, but they're really cemented when you meet people physically. So... And again, due to limited resources, small contractors have a BD role that wears just a lot of hats. So what we have is an, if, if you're meeting with feds especially, you have to be very careful about the meeting platform that you want to meet on because there's only four that I know of that are approved by FedRAMP. Zoom, ZoomGov, Teams, Adobe Meeting One, and Cisco's WebEx. There may be others, but I'm not aware of them. <clears throat> so more sales and BD pros have turned to online meetings, particularly due to COVID, and they're finding it quite an effective way to, to meet and a much more efficient way of using their time. So they're going to be a significant percentage of people who are going to continue to use the online meetings as opposed to face-to-face when they can. Because, again, you know, for example, I live in Columbia, Maryland, which is 20 miles from the, uh, the river, right, the Potomac. Most of the events in our market in the D.C. area happen in northern Virginia. So I have to get my lazy butt in a car, drive for an hour, and then network, and then spend another hour coming back. If I can do that on Zoom, I've just saved a third of my day. Make sense? So, but here's the kicker. The most successful BD and sales professional are leveraging LinkedIn and those online meeting platforms to maximize the use of their time. So just a couple. In the D.C. area, we have the Capital Business Development Association, which during COVID uh, for two years met exclusively online, and now they're in a hybrid situation. Uh, And you can just look up CBDA or Capital Business Development Association uh, on LinkedIn or on Google and and find them. Government Marketing University began uh, four or five years before the pandemic hit. Um, And when the pandemic hit, they started ideation, which was initially a daily meeting for government marketing professionals. Now it's twice a week, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, 9 o'clock for 30 minutes. 
Uh, I run it with Chris Parente and Janet Waring. Uh, and we, we have, uh, again, meetings twice a week. So I'm brainstorming with some extremely bright people on a regular basis. As a solopreneur, I find this extremely valuable because, you know, I'm a solopreneur. I've got a cat sitting outside my office that wants to come in. Am I going to brainstorm with my cat? I don't think so. Um, she comes in, sits on my lap. I'm liable to take a nap. Uh, so I, I have a number of people that I meet with, particularly via Zoom, on a regular basis. I'm in Zoom meetings maybe four or five times a day. So here's, here's the, the, the kicker here. Uh, if you want to win business in the government, recent studies, and rec- these studies also go back several years, so the, the problems have been the same. If a contracting officer does not know you or your company, your bid goes to the bottom of the pile. I've been speaking at the Association of Proposal Management Professionals for the last 14 years or so, and every year that I've been there, this is a perpetual problem. Um it's not the contracting officer's problem. It's your problem. But the, the studies, market connections, government executive, hinge marketing, they all show basically the same thing. If you're not known, you're pretty much toast. But the same studies also show what we really already knew. If you get in early, you can influence the RFP. And I don't mean when the RFP is released, that's not exactly early. I mean when the problem is identified and they're starting to put together a budget. You can get in there and talk to people, share information, and influence the direction of the RFP. So Here's what we're going to talk about. Five steps. Determine your area of expertise. Leverage LinkedIn. Connect with influencers. Develop and share content. And influence the direction of RFP. All of these things on LinkedIn. So what do you do well? First of all, niche it down. Don't tell me you're involved in computer security. What aspect of computer security? Are you in uh, continuing diagnostics and mitigation? Are you in intrusion detection? Exactly what area are you, f- you focused on and you're good at? So if you're not reading the OMB filings, 53 and 300, shoot yourself. Uh, when you're looking at bids, and especially if you're in uh, FPDS or if you're leveraging uh, Bloomberg or GovWin properly, you can go back historically and see when stuff is coming up. But don't look at it for NAICS. Look at it for the product service codes. These are more granular, and they're going to help you pick the best prospects for you to spend your time uh, and money pursuing. So when you're browsing uh, whatever sources, use the PSE to find the best opportunities for you. When you're differentiating, you have to focus on contracts that you can actually win, what you do best, what are your real differentiators. If, If you're one of 50 people doing something, find the ways that you differentiate. And go back to Naveen for a minute. One of your differentiators can be how long your key people have been with you. You can articulate this 
in that pre-RFP influencer material. We have the same people working with us year in, year out. You know what you're going to get from us. We're steady. We're proven. Our CPARs are great. Um, and, you know, who you do it for. You're focusing on agencies where they already know you anyway, or you should be. That agency-based marketing and account-based marketing, the ABM, is absolutely critical if you're going to grow your business. So Resource Management Concepts is a company down in Southern Maryland. They've been around since the early 90s, but they focused on one primary area almost that entire time, research, development, test, and evaluation, RDT&E. If you look at the, the, uh, the NDAA, every year RDT&E is a separate line item, and there's particular parts of DOD that leverage that RDT&E dollars. And Southern Maryland, Pax River is one of them. RMC is a significant player, a dominant small in that arena where there is a tremendous amount of money. And But that's where they focus. That's where they're staying. That's what they're known for. And they have tremendous retention. They are very well known by the client. They are very well known and respected by their competitors who also happen to be uh, partners, either as primes or subs, uh, often. So focusing on that one agency for a period of time can help you. And back in the early 90s, they were just a couple-person company. Now they're over 400 people. And, and I think they broke $100 million this year. Um, so they, you, can, you can grow this way. You have to be extremely disciplined and focused, but the, the growth is real, and building the relationships is much easier when you're that focused on a particular client. So step two would be leveraging LinkedIn. And leveraging LinkedIn in this instance, you have to establish your position first. Your profile development is absolutely critical. You can develop and share the best information in the world, but if they go back to your profile and there's no information there, you know, it, you might as well shoot yourself. So details in your profile, starting with a great headshot, the use of the background area, and a solid headline, then your about section, and information about your company. But it's, it's, you got to have a presence there in order to establish credibility. Then after you have your profile fully developed and your company profile fully developed, then you start reaching out to influencers in your prospect agencies, in other contractor companies, and even the media. So your LinkedIn profile is a key element in establishing your market position. Again, the background area, your headshot, your headline, the about section and details in your experience. So um, I'll go back to RMC. Just This is just two of the opening screenshots. Uh, David Hickman, the top one, um, you know, they developed several backgrounds for the work that they do. And one of the backgrounds is specifically for recruiting because every time they reach a contract, they need new butts in seats. So 
If your employer doesn't offer 100% tuition and training reimbursement, what are you waiting for? Um, so their their benefits are great. Again, their retention is great. Uh, Mr. Vosdak, underneath that, he's focusing more on what they do and where they are. Uh, employees in over 20 states. So you don't have to be in Southern Maryland to work for resource management concepts. And obviously, they've expanded a little. RDT&E, scientific computing, and cyber. So step three, connect with influencers in your target agencies. I mentioned earlier, I just finished my, uh, my census for 2023 of feds on LinkedIn. Every single federal department agency, including all DOD and IC components, are on LinkedIn. I've identified 556 company pages for all of these. So, example, Health and Human Services, I have 31 company pages. The Army, I have 82 company pages identified for them. So, the census results from 2021, uh, 2.15 million. 2022 jumped up to 2.45 million. This year is 2.72 million. And in 2021, I could only identify 329 company pages on LinkedIn. Now, the growth may be due to my overlooking some, but I think more likely because the pandemic had fully stepped in, we saw more uh, smaller divisions, operating divisions and offices creating their own company pages, which really led to the explosion in 2022 and the, the very small growth between 22 and 23. I think I've identified pretty much all of them, but I still, you know, on rare occasion, find something new. But 556 company pages on LinkedIn means I can get particularly granular. So here's a sample of my census from NIH. Uh, all of the uh, institutes are there, as well as some special offices at on NIH. And again, there's over 30 for NIH. For Army, 82. And this, this gives you an idea of how granular the Army gets. Uh, Army Applications Lab, 24 people. Geospatial Center, uh, 25 people. AI Intelligence Center, AI2C, is, uh, is all the way up to 51. Then we have the Security Assistance Command, which jumps to 489, and TACOM, which jumps to 3,500. So if you need to find people in even those smaller offices that you need to influence for a particular RFP, they're eminently findable here. So quick example, here we are at HHS. So I click on the all employees. We come up with 13,000 plus results. You'll notice that at the top right, I've highlighted all filters. If you click on all filters, there's a lot of different filters that you, you, you have the ability to search on. Scroll to the bottom. I use the job title and I play in the job title. But program managers is usually where I want to start. So I click on program managers and what do I find? 202 results at HHS 
for program managers. Those are people who are going to influence the direction of any RFP. These are the people who are going to run the programs that you need to get on. Step four, content. Content content is king. So, But again, creating content is one thing. Getting people to read it is something else. So create a list of relevant topics. Have you studied the OMB submissions? Are you familiar enough with the agency to understand what the problem areas are? So what's most germane to the customer or prospect that you're targeting? Are you writing to influence an emerging vehicle or a recompete? So if it's an emerging contract, you have a whole new set of problems. If it's a recompete, you have to look for chinks in the armor of the, the current contract holder. How frequently can you produce content yourself? That's a biggie, especially for smaller companies. So uh, you'll you'll hear people say, "Well, you got to do it every week. You got to do it every day. You do it as often as you can, but you make it on a regular basis. So if you can commit to twice a month doing a blog post, uh, and you know once a month doing an article, uh, and the article can post on LinkedIn, um, how 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 much content can you legitimately produce, but don't commit to it unless you can do it. So a blog is one thing, a newsletter, if you're doing a newsletter, that has to come out on a regular basis. So you have to determine the frequency. LinkedIn post doesn't necessarily need any, any determined frequency, but you have to keep those posts coming, you know, even if only once or twice a month, you need new stuff. White papers, case studies, webinars, podcasts, etc. Uh, I'll throw in one one uh, caveat there for webinars, podcasts, and videos. It's easy to make crappy webinars, to do crappy podcasts, and to make a lousy video. It's much easier to do that than to make a good one. So if you're going to commit to those, make sure you do it well. Um, and there's there's a whole chapter in the uh, Government Marketing Best Practices 2.0 on uh, how to produce a successful webinar. Soup to nuts. Step four continued. Develop and share the content. Again, develop a content calendar. Commit to a schedule. Track the impact. So if you're posting on LinkedIn, are you looking at the views? Are you looking at the likes? Are you looking at the comments? Are you developing connections and setting meetings as a result of this uh, content? Whenever anybody comments on anything I write, I comment back. If they've taken the time to read it and comment, I want them to know that I looked at their comment and I'm acknowledging it and basically thanking them for taking some time to read my stuff. All of your content ultimately should reside on your website. That's got to be extremely informational. But the content should be shared on LinkedIn because that's where everybody is. So when you're developing and deploying content, know that know who you're writing for. Different parts of the procurement process are going to target different people. Contracting, finance, program execs. So each of the, you know, contracting cares, you know, are you compliant? 
Uh, do you have CPARs that are, you know, exemplary? Finance cares how much you, you cost. Program managers want to know how you're going to help them fulfill their mission in that particular function area. One idea per piece of content. I've seen too many pieces of content that, that go off on tangents and they just don't stop. And keep in mind that content is to educate, not to sell. The, if you have good content, it is a sales piece anyway. Don't add a sales message at the end. Understand that building an audience takes time. And again, when people comment, respond. Host the content on your website, share via LinkedIn, um, and uh, you have the ability to feature. So when you have something on your profile, go to your posts, and these three dots in the upper right, if you click on those, you have the ability to feature or remove from featured. And when you feature things, they stay at the top of your profile, not where your, your picture is or the headline is, but right below that. So when they scroll down a little bit, featured content stays there. If you're not featuring the content, it's going to be in a constant scroll. So latest information is going to go down as you post more. So... Um, and this gives you an idea where it is. Sorry for the, the tiny screenshot here, but, you know, picture, background, headline, uh, about section, uh, and featured. Featured is right here. So there's a fair amount of, of uh, uh, ability to, to make good content, evergreen content, stand out. So... I think it's important for just about any company in our market to follow and possibly connect with the GovCon media. If you want more exposure, you have to know who they are, and reciprocally, they need to know who you are, just like those contracting officers. So Government Executive now owns Federal Computer Week, Government Computer News, Washington Technology. If you need to influence the Govies, Federal Computer Week, Government uh, Computer News are your pubs. If you need to influence the contractor community, Washington Technology is the, uh, the vehicle of choice. Uh, Federal News Network, uh, where my show is, uh, broadcast. Federal Times, GovCon Wire, Jim Garrison's uh, publication associated with the uh, Potomac Officers Club, uh, Scoop News, Washington Exec. There's a lot of news sources out there. The other reason you should be following GovCon Media is to be a student of the market. This market it doesn't look like it changes much, but it changes all of the time. And those nuances are what's going to help you win more business. So follow the media on LinkedIn that might have content you can share and curate. Uh, connect with the media in case you have news to share. Uh, most editors, reporters, podcast hosts are on LinkedIn. I haven't found anybody that's not. And media exposure lends credibility. You may also take into consideration that if you have an article 
that is educational and newsworthy, some of these publications take outside submissions, but they only take them from people and companies that they know. So I find a story on Wash Tech, which I thought was pretty good. So I tag the reporter and Washington Technology. If I didn't already know Frank Conkle, tagging him in that article uh, would have put me on his radar. So step five, influence the direction of the RFP. If you've done the preceding four steps, you've already executed a good part of staying ahead of that RFP to influence the RFP. You just need to make sure that your content is in front of those key personas, the finance, the contracting, the program people, and that they understand that you're a player in this market and that you can add value to this particular vehicle. Now you can, they can take that content that you shared and hopefully use that to share the RFP, okay? Up until the time the RFP is issued, you can ask for a meeting. Contracting officers actually do meet with people. Not all of them, but some of them. And if you don't ask, you're never going to know. And if you can't do it all, if the RFP is beyond your scope, look for teammates. Find somebody you can sub to. But Teaming and joint venturing is, is viable. So how the pandemic redefined all this crap? Uh, the work migrated from face-to-face to virtual overnight. The government's ability to migrate back in 2020 was extraordinary. Uh, telework's been with us since the early 90s, but it was never widely deployed. Work from home was adopted very, very quickly by both sides. Uh, And from my perspective, it increased government activity, government management activity, particularly on LinkedIn. I saw a palpable rise in Govies reaching out to me for advice or to connect. Access to networks, you need those. Uh, Guidance on webinars and online meetings. Uh, You know, if, if the platform is... FedRAMP authorized, then a government person will meet with you on it. If it's not, they're not going to. So since March 2020, the use of LinkedIn by feds has increased dramatically. Look back at my results. 2.1 million people in 21, 2.7 million feds today. Uh, More contractors are using, let me rephrase that, The most successful contractors are using LinkedIn to find and reach out to government influencers and to connect with other key people in industry. Feds are more likely to connect today than they ever have been. So um, I think I'm with well within our time constraints, Michael, but my LinkedIn URL agency list is available. It's only 99 bucks, And I do have a small contractor advisory program as well. Reach out to ask about that. And other than that, Michael, I'm, uh, I'm ready to come back, uh, come back up and uh, breathe a little bit. What do you say? Where can they get your book? All of my books are available on Amazon. Best Practices 2.0 is only available on Amazon. Very good. It's a Kindle and 
the soft cover. The soft cover, and until I reformat the interior, the soft cover is only five bucks. If that ain't a no brainer, I don't know what is. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I'm not paying for shipping. Well, that's why they have Kindle, and I'm sure there's probably either an ebook or a. Uh, yep. Uh, the the PDF Kindle was also five bucks. So what yeah. a deal. With no shipping. So it's wonderful. No shipping. There you I are. believe that that uh, probably was one of the best presentations I have ever seen. And I started my first uh, webinars using GoToWebinar. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that was a wonderful platform. I was grandfathered in under the original. Uh, let's see. I think I got a, a veteran's discount. And it was nine eighty four a year, but I had a thousand seat license. There you go. But everybody else went so far past them on their capabilities, and I still have a Zoom license. And when I used to do the, the Zoom, let me get over here to uh, our Q and A so we can have that discussion. Mm, that might be asking too much. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Uh, the problem was I would send out an invite. I would do a, a mass mailing to the full SAM database, and I'd get, you know, 50, 100 people registered. Well, you know, if you get 100 people registered, 10 are going to show up, Twenty, maybe 20 will show up. So I'd go through and do the, do the whole thing, and then I started using OBS for broadcast software. Then I switched to a Mac, and what we're using now is what's called ECAMM, E-C-A-M-M. Anybody interested in that, contact me, and I'll, if you're using a Mac, and I'll get you a, a link on where you can uh, get a good deal on it. But beside that, I started broadcasting to Zoom to get higher quality. People don't realize, and you, you may know this because you use Zoom a lot, your quality, video quality on Zoom stinks unless you request 1080p. Now, we record and broadcast everything in 4K, YouTube and everybody down it to 1080p. That's why it looks so good. But I've only been using Ecamm now for probably, I'm going to say six months, probably less. And it's kind of fun, especially when you do live. I haven't done any videos with it yet, but I don't have to edit the video. This is live. There's probably a couple of mistakes that I've made in there, and I'm sure I'm going to make one here shortly, God willing and Mark permitting. And uh, the bottom line is, is that that's outreach. You know, we're on four platforms right now. We're waiting for Instagram to open it up for uh, live streaming. And, uh, you know, I don't use Twitch because I'm not a gamer. But the bottom line is get the information out there. And with the help of Eileen back in November, I guess it was November 8th was our first. Our buddy Eileen Kent. Yep. And uh, I'll have a little conversation with you off camera because I can't put that out uh publicly. Um, but she has been a tremendous help. In fact, she's the one that scheduled every live stream you've seen me do since November and goes all the way through January now. A couple people I've never even heard of. I've heard of Mark all the time. I mean, when you're dealing, you know, being in this business this long, you obviously know who the, the, the big influencers are. And I have to say, I'm impressed. And if it was 30 years ago, I'd probably be working on doing RFPs. We started that in the beginning, uh, the first first year, and it just 
when we had to have the Commerce Business Daily, which was that yellow newspaper. <laughs> when you held it up, you could read the backside. And those of you that are old enough to remember that, good on you. But be that as it may, it's just it, it, it's been a tremendous ride. People keep saying, why don't you retire and do what? I live in South Florida. See? I'm in South Florida. And what am I going to do? How much golf can I play in a week? Plus the fact Mark and I hold two very prestigious titles, and I'm never, ever, ever going to give that away. So uh, that's the only question we got. And, of course, uh, on your uh, slide, can I? Yeah, let me go back to that one real quick. And uh, for anybody watching, there is the contact information for Mark, any place you want to get him. MarkHamtower.net, and I'm sure that will take you everywhere you need to go. But set up a set up a meeting with him, and uh, let's get this rascal wrapped up. Awesome. And you know, I promised Mark I was going to throw sound effects in, but the biggest question that that people always say, or statement, ignorant statements that they always say is, you know, the this is right, this is gospel, this, I said this because this is right. And my only question to them is, Were you wrong? I was wrong. Yes, you were wrong. Every single time. And then they say, well, how do you know that? And I said, well, because I've been around since dirt. And they say, well, how do I know that, how, how do I know what you're telling me is the truth? You can't handle the truth. There you have it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going to finish early, and Mark was worried about having 300 slides that he wouldn't get through them. Flowed perfectly. I'm happy. He's happy. I hope you're happy. And our next stream isn't until January 3rd. Check the website, marketus.com, upcoming live streams, and we'll see what happens. Mark, anything else? No, man, this was fun. I, uh, I do talk fast so I can get through a lot of slides. That wasn't really fast. You know, if you were from New York, that would be different. Then you could, you know, you'd be talking fast. But then again, those that are watching the replay can always slow it down and make a one hour into two hours. So I'm just a Maryland boy. Yeah. I used to live in Aberdeen. I know where it is. Yeah. Aberdeen Proving Ground, actually. That yep. big old yep. cannon. And it was funny, the way they would move that cannon on the rail was they'd fire a blank and just let it roll down the, roll down the, the, uh, the rails. And I'm thinking, that's cool. Time to go to school because it's usually about 7 a.m. in the morning. So, uh, yep. anyway, I appreciate everybody joining us. And uh, we're going to spool down and uh, feel free to contact us any way you know how. Thank you so much. And everybody, please have a self safe and happy holiday season. We'll see you next year.